Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Green Magic, Green Medicine with your host, Seth, Miss Susan, 
weed. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder and co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and I have turned Susan's mic on, and welcome, Susan. Green blessings. I will beat you to it this time. <laughs> Green blessings. How are you, and how is your band, and how is your new CD? Incredibly well, and it's good that you said new CD because I actually am holding it in my hand as we speak. We just got them in today. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will send you a copy. I will send a copy. I'll ask Ali, uh, or your contact girl, uh, uh, where to send them, uh, and then I will send you a copy of the CD and maybe a T-shirt. So, oh, oh, all right. Fantastic. What's the title? The band is called Dragon's Head, like the head of the Viking ships. That's how we view the the spirit of this band is sort of charging onward, charging forward. And the title of the album is Songs of the New Old Ways. Ooh, I like that title. That's wonderful. It's a little bit. Some of the themes are a bit. And you have a tour coming up. And so we are going to have a hiatus for the next two weeks while you're on tour and I'm being busy. Yes, exactly, exactly. And we'll, I'll send even, I'll send your contact girl uh, specific email dates and stuff like that later so that we get everything correct this time. I made a mistake last time <laughs> on your dates. <laughs> and uh, so we'll make sure we get everything um, in order and um, as for the <laughs> Tuesday. Good, good. So we're going to get started tonight in talking about oak. Uh, And it's a fine tree for bridging between now and when we pick up again. As a matter of fact, when we think about it, oak is wood that was prized for ships because it is very water-worthy. And so when I say that oak can bridge that time, I see it as time-worthy as well as water-worthy. That oak, in a way, doesn't have to hew by the standards of time that the rest of us do. You know, they've pulled oak logs out of bogs in England that they can date from the rings of the log is being more than a thousand years old, and those logs are still structural. Mm. They can still be used in building. Wow. It's said that King Arthur's round table was a single slab of oak. Now, granted, people were smaller than if you've ever seen a suit of armor. I remember the first time I saw a suit of armor, and you know, not really like grokking. I said, oh, they let little kids wear armor, right? And they said, <clears throat> no, that was for a full-grown adult uh, because they didn't grow as big back then as we do now. So <clears throat> it was still a huge piece of oak to have the Knights of the Round Table gathered around it, albeit they were a great deal smaller than we are. And we've been talking about the trees of the 13 moons and how that relates to Ogum and the sacred trees. And in this cycle of the trees of the 13 moons, which is there are 13 moons, 13 new moons in one solar year, 
Um, the oak is the seventh tree, and that means it stands in the middle. So we come to that middle, which is also, because we've been connecting this to the seasons, which is also summer solstice. Mm. And I mentioned last time that in addition to the trees of the 13 moons, there are also trees of each one of the high holidays, the solstices, and so on and so forth. And the tree of summer solstice is the linden tree. Excuse me. So the oak is associated with summer solstice because it's at that time of the year, the center of the year, mid-summer at summer solstice. But the actual tree of the summer solstice is the linden tree, just as the tree of winter solstice is the pine tree, the evergreen tree. So oak standing in the middle of this cycle, as it does, is Again, exceptionally well-suited. Oak is used to make axles. Back when we didn't make our things that rolled along the road out of metal and plastic, back when we made them out of wood, when we had wooden wheels and wooden axles, oak was the preferred wood for the axle because of the strength of that wood. And oak is also used not just for axles that connect to wheels, which would be a horizontal axle, but also for vertical axles, like in windmills. And so the oak began to take on a very, very strong symbolic value of being that which stands firm at the center the center of the whirling universe, the oak is sometimes called. And the vision, the idea is that the oak tree, the branches of the oak tree reach all the way up to the North Star. The only star that, from our perspective on Earth, appears not to move. So it, too, is at the center, and the oak reaches right up to that North Star. And then the roots of the oak go all the way down to the very center of the earth. And that creates an axis mundi, a world axis around which all the events of human life circle. It's not the axis of the planet, but it's an axis of our own personal lives. In the same way that it stands at the center the center of the year, the center of summer solstice, it's not the the center of the calendar of holidays, that center being the linden, but our own personal center. So the the oak, although it is very, very rich in symbology, is also a tree that is seen as being very personal. And if you recall, we've had kind of a series going on here with the trees that we've had so far. We started with birch. <clears throat> In the beginning, at the first dark moon after the winter solstice, is birch. And birch is about conception. Birch is that secret 
that idea that we are keeping in the dark, that we are gestating, and that that is best done underground and in the dark. And then we move from Birch, from Beth, to the tree that guards to the actual time of the visibility of the pregnancy, that the conception can no longer be hidden. And we have the Rowan tree, the guardian who guards the last half of the pregnancy. And then the ash tree, neon, the tree of birth, the tree of the relationship between the mother and the child. And moving from ash, we went to the fourth tree, the alder tree, the tree that bleeds when it is cut, the signifying the monthly menses, and by inference, then, the father. In other words, the woman has been pregnant, the pregnancy has been visible, she's given birth, and now she has her courses again, and so now she is ready to get pregnant again, and so we bring that generative male principle into it. And then the hawthorn tree, which is... The um, I'm sorry, the willow tree. All right, and the willow tree, which represents death. So we, for our fifth tree, we have the willow, and in a way, it completes that cycle. The conception, the pregnancy, the birth, the coming together of the man and woman. The death, and then the Hawthorne, which honors neither chastity nor marriage. And so, in a way, begins to lift us out of ourselves. And then the oak right at the center, which says, No, stay centered on yourself. Send your roots to the center of the earth. Send your branches up to the center of the sky. Stay centered within yourself. Because the next six trees that we are going to look at are all about community. The sacredness of these first seven is about getting our individual act together so we can be of some use in the public sphere. And the next six trees that we're going to be looking at will help us understand functioning in community. And I think it's very clear in this series that we go step by step. And so first we must tend to ourselves before we can think that we can put something out to the public. And, you know, needless to say, we see this all the time, especially in the public sphere of people who put themselves out when they haven't done their personal work, and then um, they come off looking a little bit foolish because their front and their back do not match. The oak is the center of the whirling universe. She, the door of the year. The oak is the mill shaft. She is that which everything turns around. Without motion herself, the oak turns the great mill. She is the queen of the circling universe. Call her Eurynome. Call her Rhea, call her Vesta, Artemis, Callisto, 
Arianhad Hertha. I empower love and fullness, says the oak. I am promises fulfilled. I look backward and forward and I see all. My roots are the deepest roots there are. My leaves touch the star. And the star I touch is the star of the bear. And the bear thus is deeply associated with the oak tree. So we have these powerful images. The oak, the bear. When we were talking about the ash tree, I talked about how I was in the very most difficult part of my life and felt as though everything were falling apart. And that I was telling my mother about this, and she said, well, be like the palm tree. When the hurricane blows, the palm tree just lays down, and then it springs up again. <clears throat> and I, I mentioned at that point that having been on enough beaches, I know that not all the palm trees spring up again, and so it did not seem like a safe risk to me. And so I thought I would go out into the forest because the idea seemed like a sound idea. Yes, find some tree archetype and be this tree archetype in the midst of feeling like, you know, things are falling apart. And I thought, the oak tree, the oak tree is so strong. That's what I need. I need to be strong. I will go and I will be strong like the oak tree is strong. And I went and I have a beautiful old, old, old oak on my property. I am told by people in the know that my oak tree was, not just a baby and not just a teenager, but already a fair-sized oak tree at the time when the Declaration of Independence was signed. Wow. Yes. So this is an old oak tree, and it is big. But yes, I will go out. I will sit by the oak tree. I will meditate by the oak tree. The oak tree will give me strength. The oak tree will be my archetype. And so I went and I sat, not in the poison ivy. It's come to some poison ivy around the, the base of it, but on the side where the poison ivy was. And I sat there and I leaned my back against the oak tree and I really, you know, just felt into it and was breathing with it. And, and I was saying, oh, you know, give me strength, you know, help me get through, you know, this storm. Da, da, da. And when I opened my eyes, what I saw, and of course it had been there to see before, but I hadn't seen it, was a large number of large oak branches that had broken off of this tree during its sojourn here on Earth. And I realized that oak, for all of its strength and all of its power, is not resilient. Remember when we were talking about the ash tree and we said that the ash tree is used to make baseball bats? because the ash tree can be hit by a ball being thrown at 90 miles an hour and not break. Mm-hmm. But the oak tree can't. For all that it is a strong wood, for all that it is a durable wood, for all that it is a protection, it's not resilient, it's not flexible. And one of my definitions of health is flexibility. And so I, I know when I'm veering toward health because I'm going in the direction of flexibility and I know when I'm veering away from health because I'm going in the direction of rigidity. 
when I'm opening to the universe and I'm saying yes to things that are not going to harm me, then I am encouraging my own flexibility. I would even go so far as to say that for me, flexibility is, I think, what most people mean when they say they want to be young. Hmm. Because most people, if you said to them, all right, how much would they have to pay you to be 25 again? Right. Right? Most people would not willingly go back to being young. Might want to be 14 again? Oh! No. Yes. Maybe no. a young head oh, no. can get into the bar, but no younger than that. <laughs> 21, 25, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Depends on how far away you are from those ages, right? The right, right. Away exactly. get, the more you look back and say, glad I'm not there. But I think what we're really saying is that we want to be flexible. We want to have the flexibility of youth. We want to have the joie de vivre of youth. We want to have that yes attitude of youth. And Oak doesn't. And that was why I chose the ash as my archetype. But that is not to say that I do not start my day under the branches of this oak. This oak is a very living presence to me here on this land. I feel the slowness of her. One of my Native American teachers, Grandmother Twyla, said that the oak breathes out all day and breathes in all night. And that it can live for such a very long time because it only takes one breath every 24 hours. And this oak is like that. You get the you, when you sit by this oak, you suddenly like realize how fast you've been going, and you just whoosh, let it go. Now, here's a really interesting thing I may have mentioned before, but certainly bears mentioning again. I live on a quarry. It's not an active quarry. It was quarried over a hundred years ago. And that says something about where I live. And that something is that I have two kinds of soil here. One kind is solid rock, and the other kind is broken rock. And this oak tree is growing out of a pile of broken rock on top of a cliff of solid rock. So you would think that no tree could even grow where it's growing at all and for it to be so big. Now, when I first came to this land in 1978, the oak tree was in the process of outgrowing itself. And this is a thing that oaks do. I don't know if other trees do it. But the oak is, because it it can send a lot of branches up pretty high, it's actually able to send branches up higher than it can get nourishment to them. And at that point, they say that the oak tree is antlering because you look at it in the summer and it's this beautiful, you know, green oak tree. And at the very top of it, there's these dead branches sticking up like antlers out of it. 
And they say that that's like the beginning of the end for the oak tree, that the oak tree at this point starts to lose and starts to, to head toward its demise. And so what I did was I started a garden right under that oak tree and started hauling compost there. Now, I'm going to have to admit, I don't get a really good crop from this garden. Although I've had a peach tree and gotten lots of peaches there and my comfrey patch is there because it doesn't mind being a bit shady and I get a good comfrey harvest. And right. um, my wild yam is there. Oh, you know, I've got some, some things in that garden. It's it's not like it doesn't do anything. But really what I was doing was feeding the oak tree. And you can see that because I've been here since, yeah, as I said, 1978, you can actually see the growth of the oak tree out over this garden and how much it's really taking in. You know, you've heard the saying, as above, so below, yes? Absolutely. And that saying supposedly comes from the oak tree. That as much as you see above the ground, there's that much oak tree below the ground in roots. Right. And we've all seen more shallow-rooted trees, especially like the coniferous trees, the evergreen trees, when they fall over in the forest. And you look... And the roots, like, haven't really gone down into the earth at all. They've spread out across the earth, but they haven't gone down. But I have taken sprouting acorns out of my garden because, yes, that's right, Susan said she made a garden under an oak tree. In some years, there are a lot of acorns. In some years, there are so many acorns that I hold class in the garden and get people to throw acorns over the fence because the acorns are inches deep in the garden and we don't always get them all fortunately the goats love acorns and we'll eat all the acorns we give them but of course we don't always get them all so I have pulled sprouting acorns out of the garden and you have like the acorn and there's a little one little oak leaf coming out of it and it's so sweet and it's so tender and you go to pull this thing out and there's a root already that's six to eight inches long Hmm. And it's, yeah. And so you think, okay, that's the sprout. <laughs> and you you think, wow, right, that that oak root will push down, will get down so deep. To me, one of the things that's really amazing about oak trees is that oaks are to be found everywhere. You know, as I say, palm tree, you think beach ocean. And, of course, you should because what many of us think of is a coconut palm, and coconuts are carried by the oceans and grow up along the beaches. But if I say oak, you could think, oh, is that an oak in the hills of California where the acorn people live? Or is that an oak in the forest in Maine or in England where Robin Hood is, the big trees. Or is that a live oak down in Texas? All different kinds of oaks. Everywhere you go, you're going to find an oak tree. And the oak leaf is a iconic leaf. It has a very beautiful shape. The tree leaves that we have talked about up until now, 
if you tried to take a pair of scissors and cut out an image of any of those leaves, um, you would be hard-pressed to do it. The leaves are serrated. The leaves are compound. The oak leaf is neither serrated nor compound. It is a simple leaf with a simple, although very beautiful, margin. And there are, among all of these oaks worldwide, there are two major groups of oaks, and those are the white oaks and the red oaks. And a Girl Scout taught me how to distinguish between the red oaks and the white oaks. The red people, she said, wore feathers, and the red oak leaves have points, just like the feather. The white people wore hats, and the edges of the brims were round, even if the hat wasn't round, and the edges of the white oak leaf are round. They don't have points. Now, this may seem, oh, that's a rather arcane bit of lore there, Susan. Why do I even care what's a white oak and what's a red oak? You know, all right, I see the leaves. Good, they're oak leaves. And they both look like oak leaves, whether they're pointy or whether they're round. What's the big deal? Aha, the big deal is acorns are edible, right? Yes. But white oak acorns are the ones you want to eat, not the red oak acorns. So you do indeed really need to be able to tell your white oaks from your red oaks so that if you do indeed want to have acorn meal, you will get the acorns from the trees that have less tannin in them. Tannin is one of the great medicinal properties of the oak, and it's also one of the reasons that the oak was commercially useful, that we could take the oak wood, we could make furniture from it, we could make wheels, we could make axles, we could make ships, and the bark then was used in the tanning of a great many things, and the tannic acids in the oak bark are so strong and so antibacterial that they actually act as a preservative. Well, we have just opened the door on oak. Yes. And may the center of the universe carry you through these next couple of weeks as you go out on tour. May you have rave reviews, and most importantly, may you have a good time. Of course, and all of the above. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We've met so many amazing people, and the whole experience just getting here has been incredible, including our new violinist, Marlene, who just joined us. For the tour, she's coming in from New York to tour with us because our original violinist couldn't do it. So, and but they'll all be with us in the Dragon's Head family, if you will. <laughs> so fantastic! A- <laughs> all right then. So it will be May when we speak again. Yes. Yes. Till then, I wish you and all of our listeners green blessings. And remember, herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that grows right outside your door. Absolutely. And we're always here every Tuesday evening at 10 o'clock for a half-hour herbal medicine class, as well as other aspects of healing and life class, but we'll be all for the next two weeks, but then return. 
I'll see if I can get somebody to post reruns, and even I may on the road. So we might have something going on, some sort of presence going on. It'll literally just sort of be a roll of the dice, but um, uh, as you understand how those things go. Um, Absolutely. Something I'm, um, but thank you so much, Susan, and we love having you here, and I look forward to talking to you again in after two weeks, so in, in, in three weeks. All right. Till then. Green blessings. All right. Green blessings. Good night. Have a great evening. Forbidden archaeology. Forgotten history. Divination. Magic. Cryptozoology. UFOs. Nature. Science. And spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, 
forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. <laughs> 